Look at my butt. Show number 232 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Happy New Year. Well, um, happy, merry holiday season, Crimble, Hanukkah, Xmas, everything. But the most important, a moist and merry Shatmas. Yes, it is. Shatmas. Shatmas. Yes, yes. And we are doing this, I think, for the first time, actually during the holiday season. Yes, yes. Just We are here in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. Um. And, okay. and we have gifts. That's the first thing. We have gifts. We have Yay. So um, do you want to you wanna open mine? Um, okay. Okay. So I had cut the box. Okay. And I can see there's plastic stuff. And there's a beautiful bow. There's okay. a little bow and a card. Now, I want to just say, yes. I, I, I saw this thing. I bought it on Etsy. And I was like, ooh, that's, oh boy. So, that's so good. And then I got it. And then I was putting it together. And then I had this horrible thought that, like, somehow I'd given this to you in a different form over the years. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. So I'm really hoping that you don't already have this and that I wasn't the one who gave it to you if you have it. Okay. But I well, don't think so. I'm pretty sure if I have it, it came from you because no one else gives me track and bill stuff. Can I open the card? You may open the card. Yep. Okay. It's just... Uh, a cute little Xmas Oh, it's diaper. a puppy. Yeah, it's got puppies on it. I had puppy oh. Christmas cards this year. Let's see. There was nothing Trek crappy enough on <laughs> Etsy. So I got you something Trek lovely. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep, I could not find anything that I that really touched me in the Trek crap department. I mean, there was a well, lot of Trek crap. Well, of course, but yes. nothing that just, like, Okay, so I am take. Oh, what is it? Oh, that part at the bottom is foam. This is packed very well. It well, must be Trek lovely. It's, it's glass, you see. Um, I have it. to ask about the wrapping paper. I, is this more deformed Pikachu's? <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's like little hand painted angels, isn't it? Little. Oh, Christmas okay, angels? okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Oh my goodness. Okay, here here we go. Well, it looks like something I'm wrapping, unwrapping from the back. So, yeah, something that could possibly hang on my wall. Possibly, possibly, and here possibly. I go, like cluttering up your walls with more stuff. <gasps> oh, oh my God, that is the Kirk lightiest thing. <laughs> Um, I loved that picture for some. Okay, so it's a picture of William Shatner, first of all. Obviously, and it was. It says at the bottom, William Shatner, photographed by Jeffrey Newberry, nineteen ninety four. Yes, um, he looks wonderful. He looks, so I loved it because it's the Kirk lightiest of all pictures. Yes, and also because it's older, right? It's older, yeah. older Bill, and I just love the way he looks in it. He he just looks. You know, statesmanlike and handsome and very Kirkish, and you know he's not trying to be a young man. He just yes. he looks his age, and I just thought it was beautiful. Thank you. I hope you like oh, it. Oh, that is gorgeous! Yeah. Wow. I would have never guessed that was '94. I mean, I wouldn't have said it was TOS, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have put it that much after. Yeah. Oh. And, and you know what else is wonderful about it? That it's '94. That's when you and I were both still involved in fanfic. Oh, that's true. Yes, you're yeah, right. You're absolutely thank you. right. Well, I'm glad you like it. And and thank God that like you didn't have it already. <laughs> it no, I would know if I had something this this beautiful and uh I do not. Okay, that is good. 
Okay, now before you open yours, uh-huh. okay, um, the thing I sent you. <laughs> yes, which was hilarious. Okay, I do want to read that, either you or me, but I have to tell you what happened. I wanted to, you know, I typed it out, and I sent uh-huh. it to the printer, and I wanted to put it in the box, and my printer's been on the fritz, and it wouldn't, so that's why I had to send it to you via email. <laughs> Eight hours later, the printer printed it. <laughs> It had to think about it for that long? Is that what I guess. Happened? I don't know. Wouldn't print anything last week. So do you want to read it? Oh, I can read it. Here. So it, it, when this came, I, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And you didn't put any preamble. It just starts right in. Everyone says I'm the best trek, trek crap shopper. And they're right. I even amaze myself. Somehow every year I manage to find crappier trek crap. But this year is unprecedented. Because I know the crappiest Trek crap when I see it. Trust me on this. I have great bigly Trek crap shopping sense. And I made a great deal. You can read about it in my book, The Art of the Trek crap Deal. You can read it while you're eating in the Trek crap restaurant at the Trek crap Hotel. If I wasn't myself, I'd probably be dating me just to get all the crappy Trek crap. I drained the Trek crap swamp, and this is what I found there. And no one deserves this Trek crappy Trek crap more than you. I won't even ask for your birth certificate. <laughs> it was sort of free-form poetry. It's great. I love it. It's wonderful. So now, I, I mean, I have huge expectations about what this could be. Well, at first it might seem like it doesn't live up to this. But uh-huh. after you open it and I tell you something about it, okay. it will. All right. So I've opened the box and there's a lot of um, colorful paper stuffed in here. Yes, to so, keep okay. it safe. All right. So let me take that out. Okay, and there's a little gift. Oh, it's wrapped in lovely little paper that says Merry Christmas on it. <laughs> I'm tearing it open. Okay, 2016, it says on the top of the box. <laughs> this is it? This is what they made this year? No, that's what they, yeah, well, it's one of the things they made this year. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I, what I got you for our listeners, I got Lena the uh, Hallmark Christmas ornament this year, which is the salt vampire attacking Captain Kirk, which is so horrible. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. Press a button and it says stuff. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm opening it up right That's now. That's what I thought made it the Trek crappiest ever. Well, it's already hilarious. You know... They keep getting worse and worse with these things. <laughs> I know. I really thought they'd hit rock bottom when they did Christopher Pike. Wow. I'm going to have to take a very close-up photo of this because Kirk's face, well, of course it doesn't look like him, so it's definitely a Kirk, not Kirk, but yes, he is just screaming his head off. His mouth is wide open. <laughs> and you know what? He has painted on eyebrows like Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. <laughs> wow. All right, where's the button? I, it, I think it's on the bottom. I don't know oh, if there's batteries in it. I tested the one in the store. Okay, let me see. Huh. She's not passing on to kill four crewmen. <laughs> the creature, it kills. It needs salt to live. My guess is she needs more. You want it, Nancy? Come and get it. <laughs> Wait, keep going. Oh, there's more? Okay. Oh, there's more. It's killing the captain. Shoot it, doctor, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a third one? I don't know, but I wanted you to hear the scream. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. And, you know, I got to say, the salt vampire doesn't actually look a lot like the salt vampire. I thought it was a <laughs> Yeti at first. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it, you're it right. It kind of looks like a Yeti. And also, when it attacked 
Captain Kirk, was he sitting in a chair? I thought he was standing up. No, I thought he was sitting. Was he in a chair? Okay. You're probably right. His mm. boots are very shiny. <laughs> well, you know, that was the first aired episode. Yeah. So the boots were still new. That's probably why they did this for the 50-year. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and now the way that you hang this on the tree is that the salt vampire has a little hook coming out of the top of his head. So you have to put a, um, a hook through the, through his head. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um. I just totally lost what I was going to say. Captain Kirk. Oh, oh yes. I thought maybe this could have a conversation with the Homer Simpson bottle <laughs> opener. That would be very, very good. Oh, man. So, thank happy you. Shatmas. Thank you very much. This is awesome, and it will go next to my little Christmas Pikachu and my other <laughs> Christmas things that I have. This is great. You know... Um, Mine is so beautiful. I feel bad that I gave you such oh, no, trek-crappy trek-crap. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Did you take a picture of it, or should I take a picture for the show notes oh you should take a picture for the show okay. notes i probably okay. have like i saved the image from etsy because it's probably oh, okay. not up on I'll, etsy I'll, anymore i'll take a picture yeah. um i i received as a gift from my my former workplace um an uh, amazon echo Ooh, which is fun to play with so far uh -huh. and uh i realized that you can change the the way you talk to it right so when you you talk to it the code word to make it wake up is alexa because that's what it's called but i think i'm going to change it to computer so i can be like star yes. trek and go computer yes. tell me the the um the weather for today or whatever and mm -hmm. i wish that there was a way that i could get it to say working or something when it yeah. was thinking about but oh, you got to just go looking. Somebody has hacked it. I'm sure someone has hacked it, and I will find yeah. it. But, yeah, I think I want to just talk to it and say computer instead of saying Alexa. Yes. I like you, that. You, wow, that's a neat gift. It's pretty fun. You know what's weird, though, is that um, you feel compelled to say thank you to it. Oh. <laughs> it, it, you know, you're just so in the habit when you say do something. It's like, Alexa, yes. you know, tell me what time it is. Thank you. And you're like, yeah. wait, why am I doing that? <laughs> Well, you know, when I have the uh, Roomba going uh -huh. and I'm I'm doing things and it, it bumps into me, I find myself talking to it like it's the dog. <laughs> you know, I'm going, no, no, not there, you know, or get away from me. And I'm like, okay, now I'm yelling at a robot. So oh. that's that's proof that we haven't lost our humanity. At it's least true. you and I haven't. It's, it's very true. Hey, um, you settle down. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't send you something, Jack. I'm very eh, sorry. I didn't get him anything. I got him a fresh bag of milk bones. <laughs> and, and, and a nice warm place by the fire. That's that what, is right. He, he is so in love with the fireplace oh, this year. He's such a good dog. He is a good little boy. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fabulous. Thank you so much. I really do love this. This is oh, great. Oh, good. I'm it's... glad. Thank you so much. I love, love my beautiful Kirklight. Kirk. <laughs> Kirklet Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we have about a million things to talk about. I know, about. but the, the most important after presence oh, is yes. I want to hear all about Mirror Mirror. Yes, um, I, and I found a really good little interview with the um, one of the uh, producers, directors, person who put it on, which I want to read parts of because it's really good. Um, okay. So I went to see it with uh, a bunch of my friends and with our good friend Logan, friend of the show Logan. Mm -hmm. And um, it's at the same place that it, it has been the past few times, the Oasis, which is a, a gay bar down on Mission Street. And um, 
it's they did this time they did mirror mirror which right was and pretty... explain for our listeners what makes this all special. so um star trek live is a group of players who do star trek episodes they've done muds women uh several times and and i saw it and we saw it many yes. many, many years ago uh, and it's all gender swapped so it's mostly um women playing all the men's parts and drag queens playing the women's parts and the the best drag queen is uh the person who does uhura um <laughs> and and she is just wonderful and her drag name is um honey mahogany Ooh. who uh completed season five of rupaul's drag race which i did not know wow and she is awesome and the the great thing is that she's huge you know she wears like these giant platform boots but she's also very very tall and sort of towers over the rest of the cast <laughs> and of course the person playing Kirk is our wonderful uh, sort of friend of the show Lee Crow um, she is so amazing uh, who is great and I got to chat with her a little bit after the show this time I took a picture with her she let me give her a little peck on the cheek as I am wont to do with Captain Kirk yes and um, I mentioned to her that we'd seen them do this like the very first time and she was like oh my god that was so many years ago <laughs> um, and I just told her that we thought she was great and we loved the show and all that and she couldn't have been nicer she was just terrific good um, so they they do the episode pretty much line for line um, there's very little improvisation and all mm -hmm. the comedy just comes out of their line readings and what they're doing on stage and stage business and all that uh, and it was it was great it was just so much fun to see Mirror Mirror because obviously it has a lot of comedy uh, right on the edge you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like yes you only yes. need to push it a little bit to make it make it really really funny and they did an excellent job it was also pretty ambitious because they had to do all the new costumes mm -hmm. and some new sets and all that and it you know as usual it looked really good um, all the people were back who we've seen in these productions before uh -huh. um, and they were all really really wonderful and again played multiple roles as we've come to expect them to do and it, it was great it was just so much fun. I can't even tell you how much fun it was. And everybody was laughing. It was packed. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah. remember was when we saw it, we yeah. were lucky to get in. So it was just full. And I would say about half the people in the audience were actual Star Trek fans and the other ones weren't. But, <laughs> and, and who were like, okay, you know, they'd either been dragged there by their friends or it, they just like to go to these shows and were up for whatever it was uh -huh. but um the audience had a great 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 time so um they did uh the beginning part where they're they're down on uh the planet with the hawkins mm -hmm. they actually filmed videotaped it and they projected it on a screen before they cut to oh, the first live scene. So, yeah so that was good they didn't have to do like a really quick change or anything yeah um but the rest of the time you know they had all the costumes i'll post some pictures that they had put online so people can see what the cast looked like but so oh my did, God, so did you just die when Lee said, I can get that for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, the, I, I had wanted her to hit the, um, you know, where's your beard a little bit more, but it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't quite as overt as it was, but the rest of that thing was really funny. And the, I can get that for you. <laughs> good it's like where's your beard like it's something he puts on in the morning like yeah, part of his uniform exactly. <laughs> you're yeah. not a uniform mister where's your beard <laughs> oh man it was just so funny and the thing they did this time which i don't think they'd done before maybe they did it in a different way it was um the person who did the voice of the computer uh-huh did a real performance which was just like 
as time went on, it got funnier and funnier because, they, like, because there's a lot of computer stuff in this episode. Yes, right? like, yes. So, so he's like, um, you know, computer, um, computer, and the computer goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> computer, tell us what the plans are for this. And the computer goes, okay. <laughs> And you're supposed to go to the planet, and then you're supposed to do all this stuff with the Hawkins, and it's really not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and every time Kirk gives a command to the computer, it's like, computer, put this under um, security lock, blah, blah, blah. And the computer goes, okay. <laughs> it's very, like, bored receptionist way. And because Kirk is so dramatic and everything, and the computer is completely unfazed by it and just keeps going, Okay. That's wonderful. Oh, my God. It was so funny that the actors on stage were trying so hard not to crack up. Mm -hmm. It was like you'd, I had never thought about a computer being played that way. Uh -huh. It was just so funny. But oh you're right. God. It's such a great contrast to Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was brilliant. So um, so here was a little article in the Wait, wait. I have one more question. Oh, sure. How was Marlena Moreau? Oh, Marlena Moreau was wonderful. Um, it was a different drag queen than I'd seen in, um, I thought it might have been the same one who had done Eve in Mud's mm -hmm. Women, but it wasn't. It was one of the other women. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she was great. She was really good. And um, <laughs> the scenes in which they're kissing was, was pretty good because, of course, you know, she's six foot five and, and Lee <laughs> is, is like, you know, five seven or something. <laughs> So, yep, it was good. And the costumes were beautiful. I have to say they did an excellent job with the costumes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was good. And, did and they do more than one show, one performance of this? Oh, yeah. It ran oh, through the good. whole month of, like, the end of November right through the end of December. Oh, that's great because yeah. it sounds like they put a lot of money into it. So Yeah, they, they did. Uh, I think it was shows on, like, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, so there was a lot of opportunity for people to see them. I hope that they continue to do this. I really do. Because there's so many episodes that they could oh. plumb for comedy gold. And as long oh, as they yeah. can keep the cast involved in doing it, mm -hmm. it'd be great. Um, the Marlena got a lot of mileage out of the um, finger waving around the tantalus device button. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was really funny. Really, really funny. I can't even describe it, but it was it was great. It was great stage business. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so let's see. So here's an article in the Bay Area Reporter, and it um, when did this come out? Oh, it was in the middle of November, and so it was an interview with uh, Darcy Drollinger, who was the director, or co-directed the stage adaption. And I know who the other director is. It's Erin um, Kate, Kate Whitcomb. Whitcomb. Yeah. She and I did a show together. Oh, And okay. she is one of the funniest, funniest people you will ever meet. Oh. And that was another reason I wish I could go. I would, you know, love to see her again. But, yeah. okay, go ahead. Read us this article. Uh, so I'll, I'll just, I'll skip the setup since we already know what's happening. Um, Drollinger said the show will serve as both a serious homage and a camp parody. He said, we treat this show somewhat differently than the other shows at Oasis in the respect that we treat it primarily like a historic period piece. <laughs> um, Sarah Fikett, our production manager, has not only recreated Kirk's chair, but for this episode has recreated the computer complete with data storage cards and the Tantalus machine, as well as the 3D model of the agonizers and the black ship daggers. We also had recordings of about 75% of the music from this episode, which they wow. did. Um, the cap episode's camp appeal is already built in, he said. I think much of the comedy comes from viewing the already campy episode under a magnifying glass. We're elevating and celebrating what's already there. It's also refreshing to see a cast almost primarily made up of drag kings. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. It's a perfect fit for the LGBT audience at the Oasis. Star Trek crosses age, gender, sexuality. The diverse audience unifies around their love for the show. And I agree with that. Yes. Um, so drag king, drag king extraordinaire Lee Crow also returns as Captain James T. Kirk. Crow was once a populous, popular, sorry, I can't read today, Elvis Presley imitator known as Elvis Herselvis. <laughs> Crow acknowledged that Captain Kirk was more popular than, than William Shatner, who played the original series, and whose conflicts with his co-stars have become legendary. Uh, she said, oh, my cat is howling for some reason. Oh. Um. I quote, I think Shat Kirk has some Shatner in him. Both are blustery and very confident. That confidence can quickly turn into megalomania. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk is held back by a script. <laughs> uh, Crow emphasized the importance of bringing Star Trek live to an LGBT audience. Our show is, ca our show is cast 80% women, she said. You hardly ever see that. In this political climate, we're talking about equality and diversity, yet there's room for improvement on those scores, even in our own community. And I Very thought that true. was that was a really nice thing to say. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. Yeah, so that that was all of the the good quotes from here, and uh, there's some nice pictures of the cast in their outfits. So you should all go look at that. But it was a fantastic time, and I have to say, as an old person now, I really <laughs> appreciated the fact that the show was at seven o'clock. <laughs> No, they they didn't do that for the old people. They did that because um, they have another show at oh, 10. Oh, I was so. going to say, they all have other gigs to get off to. Yeah, there, um, there are other shows later in the evening. Now, the night you were there, there were celebrities there, correct? Well, they weren't there the night I was there. It was shortly oh, thereafter. Um, okay. But, but I, this was just random. I was I followed Terry Farrell on Twitter, and mm -hmm. I was scrolling through, and she posts pictures of stuff that she did. And there's a picture of her with the cast and Adam <laughs> Nimoy. Oh, my God. So the two of them went to see this, and it was awesome. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. So, yep, they had a picture taken with the cast, and everybody looked really happy. And she said that it was a great show. So that was that was terrific. I'm so glad. So wow. real people in Star Trek know that this show exists. That is so great. Very cool. Oh, I wish I could have gone mm. with you, but... Well, you know what? If they keep doing it, we'll have to make a plan for that to happen. Well, you know, um, yeah, we're going to have to try to find out in advance of this. In fact, mm -hmm. I'll probably, you know, drop a little note to Aaron Kate and say, okay, next time it's coming up, I need to know in advance. Yeah. So that I could fly in and see it with my friend. And... Oh, yeah. It, it was it was just so good. And, and again, I, I had tweeted a picture of the um, drinks with the ridiculous names. Um, and I had a Vulcan mind melt, which was uh, mostly vodka. <laughs> I, there was other stuff in it, but it was mostly vodka. So you melded with the I drink. Did. I really did. That yeah, was good. It was a good thing we had had dinner right before, because otherwise, <gasps> I think I would have been falling out of my chair. Oh yeah. What were the other drinks? Do you remember any of them? The names? Oh, I don't have the list here. I, I oh. saved it. Of course, I stole the list. Um, well. <laughs> I think there was, you know, there's the Vulcan mind meld. There might have been a transporter accident. Um, <laughs> there was one that had a, it was a pun on con, I think. But um, uh -huh. yeah, it, it was good. It was very good. Oh, that just sounds amazing. It was great. I love it. I hope they keep doing it. I, you yes. know, Mirror Mirror seemed like um, the natural next step. And I guess mm -hmm. I wonder what they would do next that has as much comedy potential. I, I think they could basically make anything into something hilarious. Yes. Um, but I don't know. There, there could be so many things that they could do. That'd be really? good. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. 
Well, that is that is great. Thank you for going to that <laughs> and uh, reporting on it. I oh, know it was um, not much of a burden. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I would do it again. Okay. And again and again. So now you have a review. I have a, a short review. Okay. Um, every time Netflix and Amazon Prime, which are the two things I get, mm-hmm. um, if there's a big to-do about, oh, they have this new show, Man in the High Castle, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll watch an episode or two to see if it sucks me in. And most things don't. But, um, you know, the big to-do, like this Christmas season over on Netflix, was the OA, mm-hmm. and they were saying, it's like Stranger Things, but for grown-ups. Well, I watched two episodes of Stranger Things and didn't get into it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I guess I must have started it, oh, Christmas Eve, because I wasn't doing anything. So, um, the first episode, as those things go, are, is usually kind of long. I think it's like an hour and a half. And I thought, well, this is interesting. You know, I'll see what happens next. So I watched episode two, and then I was hooked. Mm-hmm. So um, there are eight episodes, and I finished them up last night at one in the morning. Wow. So it really, you know, if you're hooked, you're, you're going to keep going. And um, I'll give you the basic premise. There are no spoilers here. Okay. Um, it's this woman, she's like 27, 28. She's played by Britt Marling, who is an actress I like. And um, she is blind. Mm-hmm. And seven years ago, she disappeared. And they, you know, the FBI was involved. They didn't find her. And suddenly, she turns up again. And now she can see. Hmm. And she, uh, you know, she's, uh, she won't tell the FBI. She won't tell her parents. She won't tell anybody what happened. Hmm. where she's been this whole time but she chooses a group of five people and she's meeting with these five people secretly and telling them what has happened Hmm. and the reasons become clear later but so it's it's like um it starts out it's completely like a kidnapping story Mm -hmm. and then as time goes on Although most of it is about, you know, the kidnapping and what happened during that time. It also becomes quite involved in what Bill calls woo-woo. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, so, you know, I didn't mind that because woo-woo in fiction, you know, is, is fine with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's, it's fiction and I know the difference between <laughs> fiction and reality. And I did enjoy it. Uh, some interesting ideas there, but I will recommend if you watch it, do binge watch it because as time goes on, there are some holes in the story. And so if you are watching it one episode a week, I think those would really jump out mm. this way. I noticed them, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going along. Mm-hmm, just keep, mm-hmm. just keep moving. Just keep moving. You know, <laughs> it was that sort of thing, but it is good. It's not great, but it is good. Um, there's not. Is there sex? There might, I think there's like one or two like sex things, but it's not like um, it's about sex and violence or, or stuff like that. Um, there's not really what we would call violence, although there are some, some pretty horrible things that happen. Mm-hmm. It's not for kids. It's definitely for an adult mm-hmm. because of, uh, I don't think kids would understand what it is they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so if you have Netflix, and um, I will tell you this, the episodes are not all the same length. 
Oh, interesting. Wow. Yes, I was binge watching them. I was going, hey, wait, that was really short. <laughs> and it was. Some of them, I think, are only like a half an hour. Wow. You know, because they're like chapters in a book. And it's like, we've told what we're telling. Boom, yeah. end. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I can live with that. That's yeah, I thought okay. that was fine with me, you know. That's very but, cool. um, yeah, and so tonight, after we finish this, I'm going to make myself a white Christmas martini <laughs> and watch the Doctor Who Christmas oh, special. Oh, yes, I watched that last night, and um, I liked it. I liked okay. it quite a good, bit. Good, good, good. I'm yes, not going to well, tell you anything else. Um, well, I didn't watch it last night because I had to get through the rest of the OA. Yeah. I, I will, in, in terms of reviews, I went to see Arrival recently. Um, oh, know, yes, yes. And oh, I great. thought it was really, really good. Um being a linguist, the linguistics part of it was pretty interesting. And then I will say, mm-hmm. as most of my other linguist friends agreed, they pretty much got it right, which was neat. Um, you oh, know, see, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah, you know, the the whole thing, the way that they learn to communicate with the aliens, which is the same as it is in the short story, is basically mm-hmm. they write words and then do that. And that's kind of how you have to do it, like a word at a time when you're mm-hmm. like learning a language that neither of you have in common. Um, the the thing that amazed me was how quickly they moved from things like, you know, um, names of people and basic vocabulary like head mm-hmm. and hand to concepts like humanity. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I don't know. I think it would have taken them a little bit longer to get there. Oh, well, that's that was one of the things I was thinking, and I was so... Uh, wonderfully intrigued by the linguistics, knowing nothing about that field mm-hmm. except what I've sort of, you know, picked up hanging around you. But I just uh, uh, found it so interesting, and the 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 writing of the aliens' language to me was quite beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous! I love that. I thought that was a perfect representation, kind of what he had said in the story. The, the uh-huh. guy who wrote the story, it really worked. Like, yes, that's what it should look like. And for me, um. If they had spent even more time showing them working their way through what each little thing in it meant and mm-hmm. how they got from hand and foot to yeah. humanity and things like that, that would have been fine with me. But I'm glad to hear that that you thought it was pretty valid because I, I particularly thought that part of the movie was beautiful. Yeah, it was. I, I loved the movie. You know, it was very, it felt, this is a weird thing to say, but it felt very European to me. You mm. know, like it, it was a movie that didn't have a villain. It, it didn't have right. like a... A strong forward motion except for that one part where you know things could happen and it, it right. was very you know circular by design Mm-mm. because of yes things. some of the timey-wimey stuff was a little bit too <laughs> like okay you stole this from Doctor Who didn't you? Yes <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah I think you know because Doctor Who's been around so long doing so much timey-wimey mm-hmm. the minute you do something it's good it, you know if you're a person who watches Doctor Who or even has much awareness of it it's gonna be hey yeah exactly <laughs> but you know it was it was all very well done so yeah I, I could mm-hmm. definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it already it was a really good movie it's it's there's very little action in it mm-hmm. it's it's much more like problem solving which I really yes. enjoyed yeah it's about problem solving well, you know, just speaking of, you know, the linguistics and how well did they handle it, when uh, The Martian, the movie, came out, mm-hmm. I heard the best description of it. Yes. <laughs> Which made me laugh really hard. The, whoever it was was doing it said, do you remember in the scene in Apollo 13 where they said, we've got to connect this to this with this, which is, you know, a very famous uh-huh, scene. They, uh-huh. they just used things they knew the astronauts had. And it said, this is a movie for people who wish the whole movie had been like that. <laughs> yes. 
Yep. And so yeah, I kind of had that reaction to to a to a rival. I was going, but I want more of that language stuff. That was fascinating. Yeah, I know. It could have been that. Could have been the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Martian, I know we're like way off course here. Hey, but, that's um, okay. I just found out that um, Andy Weir is going to be at Silicon Valley Comic Con again. All right. So, we, yeah. we we've already got our tickets. I we're, know. We're I'm ready. so excited. It's going to be awesome. Yes. All right. Now, now I need you to explain something to me. Okay. I sent you a link to Bill's Christmas card this year. <laughs> yes. Am I really stupid? What am I missing? Is this a joke and I don't get it? Well, it's, I think it works on two levels. Okay. Let's describe it, okay? Okay. He posted okay. this to Twitter and I think to Facebook also. And it, was, it was on his, um, his Facebook group. Okay. Yes. Um, so it's a photograph of a, sort of a snowy scene with some trees, and in the foreground is a red fire hydrant, um, and then underneath it, it says Season's Greetings in lovely little festive um, mm-hmm. letters, and then it says, in the coming season, expect the unexpected, and Bill has signed it, and Elizabeth has signed it also. Right. It says, love, Bill. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Breaking this down. Break it down for me, please. The fire hydrant looks photoshopped. It does. Yes. So there might be meaning. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, in the coming season, expect the unexpected. Could just be kind of um, Bill's philosophy on living. Mm, okay. You know, say yes, seize the day, yeah, expect yeah. the unexpected. Nothing is going to go the way you planned. Or it could be... Bill is going to uh, burn someplace down, <laughs> which would be unexpected, right? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know I'm failing this part of the class, but it, it seemed like an and odd it, it also needs punctuation. Th- that's true. <laughs> that's true. There has to be a comma after season. Season, um, yes. So it was just it struck me as being very, very odd. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like, it says love bill. And then Liz has signed it next to him. And then under it, I think it says many blessings. Is yes. That what it and, says? and that, that I think is Liz's handwriting. I think so too. At first I thought it said merry blessings. And then I oh. was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. It has to say many blessings. Yeah. So that was Bill's holiday card that he tweeted out to his, you know, 3 million Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. So thanks Bill. That was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I I am not aware of any particular symbolism attached to fire hydrants. All right. But um, okay, we're forewarned. We mm-hmm. will expect the unexpected. It's true. Which we do uh, all the time when it comes to Bill. Yeah, that, that's true. So. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, um, moving on to another thing. Uh, now, I also sent you a link to um, the, the queen, the queen of England, that is. <laughs> yes. Who was apparently cosplaying as a Starfleet <laughs> science officer this year. <laughs> She totally was. Except she got the insignia on the wrong side. I know. It should be on the other side. Um, But then someone thoughtfully photoshopped her into a picture of the TOS bridge. And, yep, it looks just like she belongs there. It's great. Doesn't it? She just fits right in. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's very, very, very funny. I mean... when as soon as I saw the, her outfit, I was like, "That looks really familiar." And then all over mm-hmm. Twitter, people are like, "Yep, there she is." Finds time to you know do Starfleet Medical as well as be the queen. So That's right. Yep. <laughs> good. Good. Good for you, Queenie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do do love that Photoshop. That is very good. It's very, very funny. I will post that on our Facebook group so people can see it because it's, yes. it's really, really good. Yes. Oh, all right. Let's see. Oh, my gosh. We've got so many things that we need to talk about. Well, let me see if any of mine are like yeah. super important that we need to get get out of here. Oh, well, while we're on, you know, the queen cosplaying and, and things <laughs> for Christmas, someone made a uh, gingerbread. <gasps> yes. Of <laughs> the Enterprise crashing into Earth or a planet or mm-hmm. a field or something, and it's, it it is quite remarkable. Um, so (laughs) the first paragraph is pretty cool. The USS Enterprise, a hallmark of the Star Trek franchise, has been an iconic science fiction fiction vehicle for the last half century. It's only natural then that in their darkest moments, some fans will fantasize about (laughs) seeing the thing crash and burn, dooming all the passengers aboard. And so, um... This person, it's the Ginger Prize, <laughs> and um, they use the food recipe, food network recipe for the dough. Mm-hmm. But um, the candy and icing is standing in for features on the plane, and they use peppermints, those round peppermints, for uh, for the Enterprise's Bussard collectors. The little round spinny things on the yes, missiles. Yes, yes. Very, very nice. Oh, it's gorgeous. It yes. is so beautiful. Um, did you watch the little clip where someone had um, inserted it into footage from Star Trek Generations? No, I have to do that. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, it's it's ridiculously photoshopped in there, but it's great. Okay, it's, it, I, will, I will definitely make it a point to see that. Now, I have a, a friend who is like a master gingerbread person. Ooh. And she makes gorgeous replicas of buildings every every year. And they're, uh-huh. they're on display and they're always in the paper and stuff. So uh, I have to send this to her and ask her, can, can she top this? Like do a life-size one. Oh, man, <laughs> it's gorgeous. I wonder if they ate it afterwards or whether uh, they just admired it. Yeah, I think the ones that you're building for display and stuff, mm-hmm. you usually shellac them or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't. You don't need them. I don't, I don't think. I've never built one. Uh, well, but, it, um, it is a gorgeous thing. It's amazing. I wonder, yes. it must have taken them like weeks and weeks and weeks to do this. Well, she does one a year, you know, for mm-hmm. the holidays. And mm-hmm. I know she starts early. Yeah. I mean, this thing is huge, by the way. I, mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at it on this table trying to find some points of comparison. There's like a bowl of fruit in the background. And it looks like it's probably about four or five feet long. Mm-hmm. You know, the nacelles look like they're a, a good foot or two in length. I don't know. It looks pretty big. Yeah, it doesn't give us any idea of dimension. It doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. It's big. It's engulfed in cottony smoke. It is. It is. And it looks like they've sort of um, made pieces of, of gingerbread or that surrounding it that look like... Um, uh, islands or maybe the continent that it was crashing into mm-hmm. you can sort of see it on the 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 table yeah that it's sitting on. yeah yeah pretty amazing i love people doing stuff like oh this. me too it's great yeah it is just great so that's that is a biggie mm-hmm. um one of the things I do want to talk about this, this was in the Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. the difference between Star Trek and <laughs> Star Wars fans. Yes, I saw this. This is wacky. I know that they they, they um, try to make this, you know, like it was scientific. So, um, <laughs> so here it is. The Location Intelligence Company, Foursquare, 
mm-hmm. looked at users who checked into screenings of last year's Star Wars Force Awakens and this summer's Star Trek Beyond, and then looked at what other places those users visited. Now, I'm not a checking in person, mm-hmm. Me but a few people I know are. But this was interesting. Um, the The list of places that Star Trek people check in at compared to Star Wars is interesting. I think. Um, yeah, as long as you don't, as you said, take it as actual scientific research. No, no. But, um, okay, Star Trek people, Panda Express, <laughs> Banana Republic, mm-hmm. 24-hour fitness, gay bars, bookstores, the Lego store, <laughs> airport lounges, and smoothie shops. Okay. The Star Wars people go to Sweet Green, which I, I'm assuming is a restaurant I've never heard of. I've never heard of it either. Uh-huh. Okay. J. Crew. Uh-huh. Equinox. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a gym? It's a gym. Yeah. Okay. Dive bars, <laughs> hockey rinks, Six Flags, cycle studios, and baseball stadiums. I think this bears further research, uh, and uh, somebody should get a grant to do this. Uh, yeah, I think if you had a grant, you could probably make more of it than that. It's interesting, though. I mean, dive bars, like, how do you define that? Is that an actual classification of a bar, a dive bar? You know, it's it's one of those things that I think of as being, like, sort of in the past, like a speakeasy. Yeah. So... There are places that would, like, try to replicate the experience. Mm. Say, this is a dive bar. In fact, it's probably called a dive bar. (laughs) TM. (laughs) TM. Yeah, so I don't know. I I don't know. Anyway, I just, out of all the things on here, because many of these are brand names, you know, Panda Mm -hmm. Express, Banana Republic, um, Six Flags, you know, and Mm -hmm. then things that are just common sense, like airport lounges, but then dive bars like okay <laughs> that's a you made that category up but that's all right we'll, okay we'll yeah that. you know what i wish we had more of at least here in chicago and certainly in my neighborhood our actual diners mm-hmm. and some sometimes they used to be called coffee shops of course now that means pete's and starbucks but you know like diners like the diner oh, on yeah. seinfeld and places oh, yeah. like that there's almost nothing like that and if they are they're kitschy so they're charging 13 dollars for the hamburger this is correct it is the same in california they, is they, it they stop uh, like at the mississippi river that's pretty much it there's well just, we're east of mississippi and we haven't got those <sighs> Um, Which is a shame. Can I point out um, the major flaw in this article in The Hollywood Reporter? <laughs> oh, Which I'm sure one? you know. <laughs> yes, okay. Is that they used a picture of Chris Pine. I know. What the hell, man? Like, but, and I put this one on our blog, the the Chris Pine ripped shirt mm-hmm. versus the Kirk ripped shirt. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, God. Oh. The Chris Pine ripped shirt has like... A little tear, a little tear in it. And then there's Kirk in the rippedest shirt ever. And every time I look at it, I laugh. And I always think, who wore it better? Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we know. We know about we that. We know. Anybody, of course we know. But, you know, the people who put this article together have not learned, you know, rule one about articles on Star Trek is if you want yes, more clicks, your major clickbait. Clickbait, you got to put a picture of Shatner in there. So That's right. They just haven't learned their lesson. Yep. <sighs> what 
what can I tell you? All right, mm -hmm. let's see. Um, we should probably take a little break because we've been talking for a while. But um, oh gosh, we've got so many other things to talk about. We do. So let it's us. It's a very let busy us, Christmas list. Yeah. So uh, let's do that, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. And please visit us at the Look at His Butt Facebook page. We can be back now. All right, we're back. Yay, we're back. So I, I was sitting around last night um, watching the Doctor Who special and thinking about Christmas, and um, I thought, wasn't Bill supposed to have a Christmas album this year? He was. And I looked it up, and he had been talking back in May that uh -huh. he and Ben Folds were going to do a concept Christmas album. Right, yeah, I remember and, discussing yeah, that. we talked about it, and it didn't come out, so I started Googling and all I could find were a bunch of interviews with Bill in which he said, yes, I'm working on a Christmas album. So Maybe that's the unexpected thing is that uh, it's going to come out in March. <laughs> it's going to be a post-Christmas album. Yes. Um, so anyway, I don't know what the hell happened is Christmas album. <clears throat> I couldn't find any information. But while I was Googling, um, I found this interview that he had done with the Wall Street Journal back in May of this year where he uh -huh. talked about the Christmas album. But the whole article is called... William Shatner's favorite gadgets. Whee! <laughs> and what's also very interesting is, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal famously does not use photographs. They use right. little engravings. And there's one of him, which is terrible. It doesn't look like him at all, in my yeah. opinion. It's really awful. So another, you know, Kirk, not Kirk representation. That is true. And and here, here are Bill's favorite gadgets. Corkscrew. He says, what an extraordinary device. The best way to get the cork out of a bottle is to put the bottle between your knees and get something sharp in your hand. All this modern stuff of injecting CO2 into the bottle and getting the cork out of the way, it's unworthy of a fine bottle of wine. I agree. Okay. Then he says, a buck knife. I carry a buck knife around with me at all times. You never know when you're going to meet a buck. The buck stops at my waist belt. Ooh. Okay, the idea of Bill carrying a knife around with him at all times is kind of terrifying. It is, yeah. And, um, you know, with all the travel he does. Yeah. I. Anyway, okay, Bill, <laughs> you pretend that you carry a knife around with you at all times. Maybe uh, when he goes camping. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he says, I have succumbed to one modern invention, the Faraday electric bike. I live on a hill, so I go down the hill very easily. It's getting up the hill that's really a problem. So I hit the electric button on my bike and amaze people. It's very good for my reputation. What they need to do now is invent batteries that will last a lot longer. Okay, do you believe that, that he rides an electric bicycle? I would believe it. Really? Um, when they came out with the Faraday electric bike, which I think was like two years ago, uh -huh. I went, oh, man. You know, they're very expensive, but I went, I would love this because 
I would love to, you know, bike the lake shore along here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's no way I could, I could just hop on a bike and do that. And the nice thing about this is when you get tired, you hit the button yeah. and it's, it's, it's like a putt, 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 putt motorcycle. But, you know, putt, 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 putt. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. And, yes, I would totally believe Bill has one. All right. I want to see a picture of him riding a bicycle. Okay, I just, not the one where he's reading a script. No, no, not that okay. one, although that is an amazing picture. Yes. I just imagine him taking his motorcycle everywhere and not actually getting mm. on a bike. That's all. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, let's, he says that um, Apple has come out with uh, an iPhone that goes back to the dimensions of the iPhone 5, he says, which I support, whatever that means. That means um, he's in favor of it. He's in favor of it. Uh, <laughs> he says, and then he says, I still use a black rotary dial phone. It has beauty. It makes a good sound. It clicks. It's the perfect <laughs> invention. Why would you want a push button thing when you could insert your finger and feel something tactile? Really? <laughs> Why would you, Bill? Let's tell just, us more. Tell us more. Let's just work some sex into it. Yes. Well, you know, um, I do think the most beautiful, attractive phone they ever had was the princess phone. Mm-hmm. I love that phone. Yes, very, very elegant. Yes. Um, and then he says, right now I'm working on a Christmas album with Ben Folds. My tiled shower is one of my favorite places to sing. The reverb that it offers is really good, so I go into the shower without the water on and sing. <laughs> Okay, so now we have totally moved away from gadgets into shilling. Good, good uh, transition there. Good Bill. transition, and then he he shills one more, which is that um, there's a brand of saddle that he really likes. Mm. So he talks about that, and I'm sure um, his friend was really happy that he managed to work that into something in the Wall Street Journal. Where well, that's get... probably you know was the deal that oh. he got a. A big discount or got this custom-made saddle for free yeah. because he would mention it. Oh, boy. That's, that's so... how shilling works. <laughs> oh, so funny. So I thought that was good. Now, speaking of shilling, yes. um, I watched the little clip uh, from him on the Dr. Oz show. Yes. The shilling in that is unbelievable right at the end. <laughs> I was laughing so loud that people in my house are like, what are you watching? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's it's Between brilliant. The two of them, yeah, you know, just uh, you know pushing, each pushing their own little agenda, I guess. It's right. So so apparently, um, Bill was on the Doctor Oz show um, to talk about stuff, and there was a little clip that you could uh, watch online. And mm-hmm. um, the point of him being on there was to talk about why he has so much energy. And I, you know, like, what is he going to say to that? I don't know that. He's just, he's crazy, and he's always had that much energy. But I honestly thought going into it that that, that he was going to start pushing his new book, Have Energy When You're 86, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Definitely, or maybe he was coming out with his own line of vitamin supplements or right. something. <laughs> but no, um, he just talks about, you know, whether he has anything on his bucket list, and it turns mm-hmm. out he doesn't, and um, he says you should... Uh, attach yourself to anything a child a charity a purpose an animal um just do something small which seems like you know pretty good advice yes yes. and he says this is great um on what is on his bucket list shatner declares well nothing i just like trying new things as they come up i just want to do everything well we knew that we absolutely knew that um so then as this little clip concludes uh 
Dr. Oz says, and he's got a new book out that's called Zero G. Oh, they changed it from Zero G Men to just Zero G, by the way. And that's too bad because Zero G Men is, you know, a cute pun. And I know it is. Bill was very proud of that, you mm-hmm. know, when he was first announcing it. So I think changing that name was a mistake. Yep. So as Dr. Oz is saying, yeah, he's got this new book out called Zero G, Bill interrupts him and goes, yes, it's a great read. Yes. <laughs> and then, he, and then You don't he, know how to shell, Dr. Oz. <laughs> and then Dr. Oz goes on again and, and says something else and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then just as he's finished, Bill goes, and Zero G, it's my new book. It's a great read. <laughs> That's our bill. Oh, my God. It was just so, so, so funny. So, um, yeah, you know, good for you for being on there and shilling your new book and talking about stuff. He looked really good, by the way. I oh, yes, he, he looked, did. Um, very he did. and all. So um, I want to talk about the Axonar thing. Yes, please. So uh, why don't you give us a brief summary of that? Uh, sure. So, uh, you know, Axonar grinds on. Um, I think when we talked <laughs> about it before, um, the last news was that both sides had filed for summary judgment so that the cases would be dismissed. That didn't happen. Obviously. So now um, it looks like they're going to actually go to trial at the end of January. And uh-huh. both sides had to file their list of witnesses that they are going to have. So the plaintiffs and the defendants and um, this list of witnesses has now been published at uh, the AXA Monitor site where we go for all our information. And the very interesting thing is that the plaintiffs, the witness list submitted by CBS and Paramount are all lawyers and Alec Peters. Who's Alec Peters? He's the guy. He's the Axonar guy. Wait, wait. He's, He's a witness for the plaintiffs? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, that, you know, they need him to describe what the heck he thought he was doing so that they can then attack him. Wow. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think um, that you would be able to, I mean, force him to be a witness. Well, I guess they can Maybe call they didn't him. have to force him. I don't yeah. know. They can call anybody they want to. Um, uh-huh. So he's on their list and then the rest of them are lawyers. On the defense side is Alec Peters. <laughs> um, the other guy, Robert Meyer Burnett, our friend who yes. did Free Enterprise. Um, and then a bunch of other people who, some of them do um, some law stuff and, and some PR stuff. Um, Henry Jenkins, which yeah. I thought was very interesting. That, and then yeah. at the bottom of the list, Justin Lin and J.J. Abrams are uh-huh. on. So they're going to have to testify. So they're expecting it to be about a 10 to 15 day trial, uh, but it, obviously it could go longer. Wow. Well, the, the only names on there that you like jumped out at me were Justin Lin and and JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. But uh hmm hmm hmm. So so Henry Jenkins is testifying for the defense and it says here um he is expected to testify about the benefit of fan fiction and the transformative nature of fan fiction including prelude, prelude to Axanar. The plaintiffs have challenged his status as an expert given his legal conclusions about copyright law without formal legal training and his alleged lack of disclosure that he relied on outside legal experts informing his conclusions. So um, not clear whether he's going to be allowed to testify or not. But hmm. I, I mean, you know, he's what they're asking him to testify about isn't the legality of fan fiction. It's just mm-hmm. about the transformative nature and what fan fiction is. Right. 
So, and he would, be, I think, be rightfully regarded as an expert in that area. Absolutely. He certainly studied it for a bazillion years. And written books about it. So, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he is, if they're going to have anybody, ta- ugh, I can't talk, anybody testify about fan fiction and fan made art and all of that he would mm-hmm. be the guy to do it because he has actually done academic research into it and isn't just like some reporter who you know right. googled it which right. is often the case hmm wow well we shall see what develops there yeah so um they're saying end of january mm-hmm. and i'm sure once things start up there will be a lot more unless it somehow doesn't make it to trial you know that often happens yes. it goes right up to the trial date and then mm-hmm. they they reach some kind of settlement the day before yes. who knows yeah now i do want to talk about this i don't want to let this one slip through the cracks mm-hmm. which is an interview with louise sorrel oh, or yes. sorrel mm-hmm. um it's interesting to me well it was on um star trek.com so of course the headline is catching up with tos guest star louise sorrel which is what i'm going to call her mm-hmm. but i didn't even know this she uh was for many many years on days of our lives mm-hmm. as a, a villainous I love that word. And uh, and so that and Star Trek are the two things she is really uh, recognized for. And for those of you who don't recognize the name, she played Reyna in uh, mm-hmm. Requiem for Methuselah. Mm-hmm. And I know it's probably been a couple of years since you and I watched and reviewed that, but I do remember us talking about, you know, what a good performance she gave. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does talk about this a little bit in, in the article. Uh, let's see. She said, well, she said, um, what, they asked her, what interested you most about Raina as a character, particularly since she was an android? Well, having not experienced that, it was a way, without getting really <laughs> actorly about it, because I can't stand when actors talk about their work. I mean, you know, I love that. Of course. <laughs> basically trying to play something where there was an emotional involvement. You're an android, so you don't really have that facility. So you're sort of stuck in a place where you can't show a lot, or at least that's the way I felt. Nobody really talked to me about it, but I figured there couldn't be a lot of obvious emotional life going on because that would belie the fact that she's an android. It was curious to me to try to play something and keep it very quiet. Quiet. I was really young, and I was just doing whatever I was hired to do. I sort of had to figure it out myself, but it was fun to play. Of course, I laughed my head off with Shatner. We just <laughs> laughed a lot. We had worked together before. And uh, so they point out that they had worked together in Route 66. Remember when you and I watched yeah. that episode? We were so happy we figured out who that was yes. because we'd only ever seen her as a blonde. Mm-hmm. But then later, she was also in Barbary Coast. Um, Perilous Voyage and Airplane 2. And she says about him, he's got a kind of wicked, wonderful look. Like any minute he's going to burst into laughter, which he did. So it was easy for me. (laughs) I'm sure all the time you spent together out, you know, after work helped. helped Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and they said, talk about the costume and the hair. And she said, oh, well, that was... I asked the director if I could be a blonde, and he said, sure. They came up with this blonde thing, which I would never in my wildest dream be caught dead in. Well, I was dead, actually. I was (laughs) caught dead. It was an idea that I had, and I didn't have much say-so about what I was going to wear or any (laughs) say-so. They came up with that blonde wig, and being a young, enthusiastic actress, I plunked it on my head. The costume was... 
They ran around me and wrapped it on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And then she talks a little about James Daly, who Mm -hmm. played, um, I was going to say Methuselah, but that's not (laughs) his real name. But I I found this was interesting. She said... um, she said he was a doll we would joke about it because at that time star trek was not a successful show nobody knew what was going to happen the way it did so i said what are we doing mm-hmm. he's a theater person i'd come from broadway we were very serious i looked at him i said what are we doing and he was in this leotard <laughs> and i was in my wraparound dress and he said it's christmas money <laughs> um she said it must have been december or something we took the work seriously but we had that <laughs> snotty theater moment where we said what are we doing? <laughs> but um, I just found that interesting. Oh, yeah. I thought that was great. It was mm-hmm. nice to hear her talk about that. And, and later on in the article, she is like, you know, I can't believe that the um, conventions happen and mm-hmm. um, people are really like it. And it's great. She says, it's weird, but I'm happy to be one of these people and to meet the fans and see my friends, my colleagues at these events. Um, so that's great. I'm glad yes. she's enjoying the convention circuit and, um, you know, it, it's still a cool thing to her. And from the, the picture at the top, I will say I believe Louise Sorrell will plunk anything on her head. <laughs> she will. But that, she that looks is a big great. Ass, whatever that is. It's, it's a hat made of feathers or something? Yeah, something. But, something um, like that. boy, she looks good. She does look good. She looks yes. amazing. So good yes. for her. That's awesome. Yeah, I, w- I, I was glad that showed up. You know, yeah. I, I don't watch soap operas. I never had, so I had no idea that that, you know, that she was a big deal in, in soap operas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, glad that she's been able to keep on working and has a sense of humor about the whole thing. Yeah, that is very, very good. Yay. Yeah. Oh, let's see. What do I have over here? Let me look at my little list. Oh, uh, so a little bit of uh, casting news about Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Um, So they finally announced the lead. So it's uh, a woman who has been on The Walking Dead, which I don't watch. I don't either. um, Her name is Sonequa Martin-Green. She's the lead character who isn't a starship captain. Right. Um, And... I don't know anything about her, but people who have watched her on The Walking Dead were like, oh, she's awesome, she's awesome. And and, uh, they were just sad that she'd probably be getting killed on The Walking Dead since it's unlikely she'd be doing both of those shows. Yeah, that would be pretty challenging. Um, They also announced um, a bunch of people playing Klingons. So um, that's good. Now, I'm really interested in the names that they're giving these Klingons. So Mm -hmm. for a long time, all of the Klingons had names starting with K, right? Right. That and then there was Worf, and his name didn't start with a K. Yeah. Um, and then there were um, the the female Klingons who tended to have names starting with L. That we saw a bunch of them starting with L. Yeah. So these three Klingons, the first one is called Takovma, like a Vulcan female name. Oh, please don't tell me they're confused on who's what. I I, I wouldn't think so, but I just thought that was strange. So Takovma. Um, he has a protege whose name is Kal, very good, K-O-L. Mm-hmm. And then there is uh, um, uh, the female Klingon is named Laurel, and it's L apostrophe R-E-L-L. What an interesting name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so those are the three Klingons. And then there's a couple of other aliens. Um, let's see. Uh, a guy named Doug Jones, he's playing Lieutenant Saru. A science officer aboard the ship and a member of a new alien species that will be introduced into the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
Anthony Rapp is playing Lieutenant Stamets, another science officer aboard Discovery who will not be the who will not only be the first openly gay Star Trek character, but also an astromycologist, uh, who is apparently someone who studies fungus in space. So that we could be pretty sure they're going to meet a giant space mushroom. Mushroom at some point, yes. Okay. I'm sure. uh, so that's the casting news so far. So it looks like they're finally getting around to yeah. you know saying who's going to be in it. So, you know, that could be good. Now, I read something a few weeks ago. I didn't put it on the list, and so I stupidly lost track of it. <laughs> Maybe you read it and will help me remember it. It was something about somebody theorizing mm. what was going to be the kickoff event because um, what's-his-name is no longer the showrunner. Right, right, Brian Fuller, yeah. Yes, and he had said, he had hinted about there was going to be like an event in TOS mm-hmm. that would kick it off, and somebody had theorized and it was something that happened or was mentioned to us. And now I can't remember what the damn thing was. Did you read anything about this? I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, that it could be things. And some people are saying it could be the Romulan War or it could be the Klingon War, some war with the Klingons that happened somewhere. I don't know. They haven't said in this whole article is like, mm. um, you know, it's one of those everything we know about Star Trek Discovery right, right now. And right. they, they don't have any... Um, this Real to me wasn't a war. Mm, interesting. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe I'll it'll come to me or I'll see something else on it. Um, but anyway, All oh right. well. Well, it'll be good. You know, uh, they're still shooting for May, so let's hope okay. that that actually happens. Who knows? Let's see. <laughs> Let us see. So it's exciting, um, and yeah, it'll be nice to see some Star Trek back on the air. You know, it was weird watching Doctor Who last night. I was reminded of the fact that there hasn't been any new Doctor Who this year. Yeah, I read an article, I think yesterday or the day before, pointing out that there hasn't been any Doctor Who since the last Christmas special. That's right. You know, they've been working yeah. on stuff. And um, the other thing, of course, is that Sherlock, the next three Sherlocks are happening. Uh, yes, and that January starts 1st. January 1st. Yes. Yes, my sister and I are very, very excited. Yes, I, I will watch that for sure. Yes. Um, let's see. Boy, we're actually getting through our stuff. Well, why don't you talk about the, the Brian Evans thing? Oh, okay. So um, we've talked about this before. There is this entertainer, uh, Brian Evans, who does a show every year called Christmas on Maui or something. And, you know, it's some big deal. But Bill almost always appears in this. Mm -hmm. And he was also in that Brian Evans Boston Red Sox video. (laughs) And it's almost like everything Brian Evans does, Bill is involved with, or at least those are the ones that get publicity because Mm -hmm. Bill is the ultimate clickbait. (laughs) And uh, so this is going to be the last year of Maui Christmas on Maui or Maui on Christmas or whatever, um, because apparently, I don't know, maybe Brian Evans is retiring. I didn't read it all that that um, carefully. But the, the picture of the two of them, that is the first picture I've ever seen where I really do see a resemblance <laughs> to Bill. And so you and I were going through, you know, is he an unacknowledged <laughs> son? What is he? And here's my theory. Like you said, he might be a friend of one of Bill's kids. And, and my feeling is if that was the case, 
at some point an interviewer would say, you know, how do you know William Shatner? And he'd say, oh, you know, his daughter and I used to hang out. We dated in high school and Bill was always very nice to me. Or if he was a nephew or a cousin, family member, he would say that. But because nothing is ever said. (laughs) That's what leads me to think um, that he is an unacknowledged son. And then I think, oh, this has just got to grind Peter Shatner. (laughs) Um, so I want to get back to Peter Shatner in a minute, but okay. um, so, you know, I'm looking at Brian Evans' Wikipedia page, which isn't very, uh, detailed filled. Um, uh-huh. he grew up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. His parents divorced when he was young and he was raised by his mother, Helen Bousquet, and his grandmother who introduced him to big band music. Now, you probably didn't know this. Um, He's a big band singer and actor. And did you know that he's also known as the crooner man? No, I was unaware (laughs) of that. The crooner man. Who calls him that? Uh, He does. It's like one of those names you give yourself, you know. Hoping it'll catch on. I love that it's on his Wikipedia page. The really? crooner, crooner man. man. Yes. People call that's me the like, crooner that's man. That's like crux point. It is. <laughs> crooner man. It's ridiculous. Oh, boy. Um, so I think I've said before that I follow Peter Shatner on Facebook because he amuses me. Um, so he's, his book is out. I haven't gotten it because I don't want to spend any money on it, frankly. Right. Um, maybe they'll have it at the library one day. Mm-hmm. And um, he said on Facebook that he was in contact with someone else, some other individual not named, who claimed to be another one of Bill's illegitimate children, and that he was meeting with this person and was going to try to convince them to take a DNA test. Um, And then I think a couple days later, he reported back and said that they met. This person did not want to take a DNA test and basically, you know, didn't want to pursue anything with him any further. Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. He's 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 wacky, Peter Shatner. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he published on his Facebook page, um, or was it at the website for his stupid book, where um the correspondence that he got back from Bill's lawyer, just saying, please go away and mm-hmm. don't bother Bill anymore. Yeah. I don't know, though. He's got this book out, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what he thinks is going to come from it. Um, And he's still, you know, he he, um, filed a lawsuit, but I don't know whatever happened with that. You know, that was back in March. And I don't know if it got dismissed or... Well, what was the basis for this lawsuit? Oh, let me, um, let me click on an article here. Hold on. Hold, please. (laughs) do that all the time um he filed a lawsuit demanding that that bill take a dna test to confirm his paternity um okay you can't do that because that's under right of privacy yeah I, you I cannot don't... force someone mm-hmm. let's see yeah oh so he, it's a lawsuit so part of the lawsuit is compelling bill to take a test he's seeking 50 million dollars in pain and suffering $30 million in compensatory damages, and $90 million in punitive damages. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's all going to get, you know, thrown out. And I think the only thing that he really wants out of it is uh, for him, Bill, to take a test to just see whether yes. or not it's really him. But I don't think he ever will. 
Wow. Um, during a recent radio interview, Shatner was asked about Sloan's claims, and he reiterated that he was not his father. Um, Bill said, well, everyone looks like me. He's apparently a lovely man who's in need of a father. Oh. See, Bill just, you know, he knows gracious. how to, well, yeah, and he knows how to not stir that pot. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know whatever happened with the lawsuit. I, I haven't hmm. seen anything on it. I don't have access to, um, you know, LexisNexis right. to see what the actual thing is. But it takes a long time sometimes for those things to make their way through the courts. Yeah. Yeah. But you can buy his book. It's seventeen ninety nine at Barnes no, thanks. Barnes and <laughs> and if the made, library has it, you know, then I'll skim it. Yeah, he made it on um Create Space. Ah. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Oh, you know what? Oh, sorry. Now that we're thinking about it, I'm gonna um, I'm going to Amazon. There are four customer reviews of his <gasps> book. Let's Ooh. see. Now, who do you think has written these reviews? Do you think that they were friends of his? I think it was Crooner Man's Pass. <laughs> um, let's see. An interesting read about a man searching for answers on who his biological father is. Being Canadian, the backstory on how he found his mother and who she suggests his father is is quite intriguing. It will be interesting to see what comes out of this book. All facts and suggestions point to William Shatner as the father. Getting him to take a DNA test would just seal the deal. Hmm. All the reviews are five-star reviews. So, so I think they're all his friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Um, the book details all the facts that Peter has put together and is a step-by-step -step journey to one man, an icon of entertainment. Mostly the book entails on how that icon has responded to the facts and requests that are detailed in the book. I found it interesting. Everyone has life journeys and everyone is entitled to the truth. Good job, Peter. Very well done. Someday it might be a movie. <laughs> <gasps> you think? <laughs> Oh, I want more reviews. I want really? like, people who aren't Peter Shatner's friends to to write reviews of this book. Hey, hey, speaking of movies and Bill and things like that, that movie we've been wanting to see, The Experimenter. Oh, yeah. It's, it's on Amazon. Ooh. Now, I can't remember if it's on Amazon Prime or if you pay to rent it, but we got to oh, do that. I want to watch that. Yes, I definitely want to Because somebody that. plays Bill. I, well, of course. I want to see if they play Bill at, like like Bill. And and if they include the gratuitous shoulder Elder roll. Elder roll, I hope so. I really want there to be a scene with him talking to the director going, I can do this. <laughs> can I wrestle a tiger on campus? <laughs> if I can't do a tiger, just let me have one shoulder roll, please. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh. oh, the continuing soap opera that is Bill. Oh, man. Everything in his life is just... Uh, Bigger, bigger than life. Yes. Well, he lives in a world of superlatives. Yes, he does. He yes. really does. Oh, boy. Well, we have been talking for an awfully long time now. Okay. Um, so I think we should wrap this up and let our listeners get back to their holiday celebrations, whatever they may be. Yes, and I got to go make that martini. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> and, uh, I'm just going to say I still am in love with the fact that Star Trek is on TV all the time now. It's just yes. great. I just, I like, I sit down, I put the TV on, and it's like, hey, Star Trek is on. Yay. <laughs> yes. So, so good. And I just find myself sitting down going, man, I love Star Trek. I really do. I know. I know. You could, you know, you could just watch it and watch it and so watch it. Just keep watching it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to probably go watch some Star Trek now. 
Okay. <laughs> so um, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday, all you people, all you wonderful, wonderful listeners. Yes. And our very best wishes to you at this time of year. And, you know, let's all just cross our fingers that we survive 2017. Yeah, let, let's hope because 2016 sure went down the... The shitter, didn't it? It sure did. Um, it was an oil-fueled dumpster fire. It yes. really, really was. Yes. But right. um, we are hanging in there doing yeah. the best we can yes. with and what uh, we got. I think we will be talking to you when the new year has rolled around in 2017. Absolutely. Yes. So seriously, for once, live long and prosper, everyone. Just hang yes. on and, and we'll make it through. Yes. <laughs> and Merry Shatmas. Merry Shatmas. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.